A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkes, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. All right, welcome Kiki Litalian. That's it. And Devin Pasha. Good morning. <laughs> Here we are, live at IMAX. It's Tuesday morning, 23rd of May, 2023. Mm-hmm. No yes. screens. In no between screens. Us. I know. We're, We're right here, here in person. Looking in the whites of each other's eyes. It's scary. I don't know if mine's exactly white. I'm still jet lagged, so like it could be a little blood bloodshot. I don't know. Look great. Well, here we are, Tuesday morning in Frankfurt. The excitement you can hear it in the background, right? There's a buzz when you come into Hall Nine. Hall Nine is the experiential hall. We're looking out onto the ocean and the valley and the canyon, I think, over on the other side. We're at the Event Design Collective booth. Um, we don't call it a booth. It's more like a studio. It is like a studio. And for people who are listening to this, I have to say, it, you come in, it's very, it is experiential. You walk in and you're just, if you ever have gone through this sort of process of using your, your like sticky notes and you're going through the design process, you're in it. You're actually in it, absorbed, exactly. as it were. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kiki, uh, Kiki Italian is with us. If you haven't met Kiki, you can check uh, and link to her on LinkedIn, which is in the comments below. But Kiki is an expert in, um, in associations, mm -hmm. and you have an association chat podcast as well that you host, and we've been a guest on that, and now we get to reciprocate, which is great, together with Devin Pasha, who's the uh, director for North America for the Event Design Collective. I know, Kiki, it's so nice to meet you and have association chats with us and to be helping to facilitate the podcast for the first time. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm really, really excited to be here for so many different reasons. But I mean, yes, this whole reciprocal sort of podcast love fest here. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm all over it. Yeah. yeah. Now, associations come to IMAX with a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you being so connected to so many different associations. What's your raison d'être? Why, why, why do you come travel all the way uh, across the Atlantic to visit IMAX here in Frankfurt? Well, you know, there are a couple of different hats I'm wearing while I'm here, a couple of different reasons. Um, one of the big reasons is because the work that I do that is separate from the podcast that has to do with digital strategy involves me going in and working with clients, association clients, who have made a lot of big decisions about technology over the past few years, yeah. uh, whether they wanted to or not. And a lot of them, many of them are having to reassess mm -hmm. and bring people in to figure out uh, what does our tech stack look like? What does our event tech stack look like? And uh, is it what it should be? And if we need to make changes, how do we do that? How do we plan for that? And so, um, as you know, you know this, this is fast-moving, lots of changes. And so I'm here for conversations to find out, okay, what are our different tech providers mm -hmm. doing? Mm -hmm. 
how are they incorporating or thinking about incorporating things like generative AI into yeah. their solutions. Yeah. And then the other thing is, of course, is association chat. You know, I'm here to talk with people like you, and I'm here to visit with illustrious new friends um, so that I can figure out, you know, what do I need to tell the association audience? What do I need to tell the association world? What is the biggest and brightest that they need to know about? And I think that I'll find it here. That's awesome. Yeah. Devin, why are you here? Besides uh, obligatory event design work, no, um, <laughs> I, I'm here because um, it's it's an exciting place to be to have conversations with different audiences. And I think, um, especially as we're designing uh, WEC 2027 to meet a different audience who's going to come with a different perspective, um, is is an important way to design because you need to empathize with multiple stakeholders. So this, you know, meeting Kiki and being on the podcast, meeting students, uh, perspective designers, to give us an opportunity to, to really empathize and meet more people so that our design work is richer and fuller. So what you might not know is that as we are here on site, we're also trying to be functional, right? So mm -hmm. one of the things we like doing is not just standing around and, and talking to people. I mean, conversations are great, right? Don't get me wrong. It's all pretty. about It's all about conversations, <laughs> but it's actually doing stuff, right? So yeah. Devin is going to be leading Event Design Sprints for MPI's World Education Congress 2027, Destination Unknown. We, there's no destination selected, and it's like projecting into the future what could this event look like with some of the core audience members who are here at IMEX, right, um, mm -hmm. doing business, having conversations around their supply and demand chains, but harvesting what the future could look like for an, or for an association like MPI is one of the outcomes of three days of event design here on site in Hall 9. And so running, I think, two sprints a day. Two sprints a day for three days, yeah. 11.30 and one every day to to harvest ideas and empathy and understanding for, for association stakeholders on what they want in the future, not tomorrow, not next year, but not letting the destination um, change the experience or, or uh, have the experience be, you know, we're going to Kentucky, so of course you want to go drink bourbon and go to Churchill Downs or we're going to Mexico and we're not starting programming before 10 a.m., but without the destination, no. Why not? <laughs> but, um, but how can your association members benefit from design where it's only about designing the experiences for them without having the destination or the activities already predetermined what experiences they're going to have? Yeah, and I have to say that, I mean, you know, I know this is audio, but I'm, I plan on coming back and taking pictures along the way because we are surrounded by these beautiful beautiful maps, you know, the, the canvases that are ready and waiting for, for these input. associations. Yes, yeah. for input. Yeah. And so this is this is your blank canvas before um, the the magic happens, right? And so I'm I'm excited to see as I come back to visit, you know, how it gets filled up and colorful and, and these new ideas begin to emerge that have you know, beyond the ideas that have a shape, right, and themes. I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's exciting. Full of potential. Yeah. So listening to association stakeholders, right, mm -hmm. the different members, is one of the key things that we keep doing. We do it on podcasts. We do it in conversations. We try to cluster it with teams of people by doing these design sprints. Um, what are some of the ways that you're seeing as most effective to listen to the stakeholders of associations today in the associations that you work with? 
Well, um, so there's a challenge with that because there are so many more questions now than answers for so many mm -hmm. different people. And I, not just in the association sector, but I think, you know, we're standing on the edge of, a, of just amazing transformation and technology. And um, so watching how people grapple with that, um, listening to the concerns that they have and um, observing. You know, it's a lot of observation, which is a good thing that I like to watch people and listen to people because um, there's a lot to be picking up right now. And so, you know, for me, my favorite, my favorite watering hole to observe is, um, of course, association chat, like the Facebook group, mm -hmm. but even online in other channels. Like I, I'm just watching the conversations unfold and seeing how people take their stances or don't um, and uh, watching as things develop. Just that's, that's what I'm doing. And I think a lot of people are looking for new watering holes. I think that they're looking for new places to observe the same sort of thing um, because they're not necessarily seeing that happen in their traditional associations they belong to, which is worrisome and troubling to those associations trying to figure out why. So there's a deeper, there's a lot of deeper uh, conversation to maybe be had there as far as what are associations doing right, what our associations doing wrong, and where can they maybe adapt and change um, based on that. Yeah, I love that. So in this example, Devin, you're, you're working with MPI. This work started uh, back at IMAX America, right, last year Monday. in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, what, uh, what does a cycle look like? How, how, do you, how do you engage with these people when they're at a trade show and what's happening in between the, the steps? Can you I think a, it's the validation that, that people find the most profitable in doing design work is that you want my input and it doesn't matter if they're a student, if they've been in the industry 50 years, it's I want an opportunity to share from my perspective. So the great part about the canvas is that every idea is a valid idea, every experience is a valid experience and to have the opportunity for everyone to come and participate, then they bring others in like, you know, this was really gratifying. I felt like I, I got to participate and share and possibly make a difference. Mm. And I think for an association where the people are the most important part, I think MPI always says when we meet, we change the world, but we need you to be a part of that change. Uh, and as you bring in each stakeholder and validate their experience and let them contribute, for associations, it's, you know, I want to then now go see the export of, export of my experience. You know, how is 2023 going to look? Maybe I do want to go to 2027 because I helped. And, yeah. and that's such a valid point and really helps people then maintain their membership because they want to see how design work can change the experiences. So they come year over year to see how their input helped shape those. I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I don't know if you already have uh, have already gotten together with Michelle Mason, Reggie Henry at ASAE, but man, wouldn't that be great? Like, I would love to see you do something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Are you listening, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, we're in our mobile event design studio. It's really cool. We'll, we'll pack it up. We'll travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe she's here and you know, can join us uh, and actually see how this is done, right? I yeah. Think uh, seeing design happen also inspires people to start considering it as mm -hmm. an option. Right? It's, it's a realistic thing. Uh, just before us, I uh, uh, had a conversation here, you know, right at 10 o'clock as the trade show opened with an organization that just pulled together four continents of lawyers and going from a domestic to a very international 
they're reorienting how to connect all the dots between the different time zones, right? So mm -hmm. these problems are in all of the membership-based organizations, and not just them, all corporations, NGOs, everybody faces the, the big flip that we've had during COVID where yeah. sense of belonging and being heard is probably more important than ever. Um, and that's why they get together and have conversations and try to orchestrate them in the best possible way. Kiki, what's the best event in your space that you've ever been to oh. and why? Oh. Just an easy question on the Tuesday morning. Right? <laughs> I'm so angry that I sat down with you now. No, you know, um, what's the best design session that you've ever... No, okay. Um, oh, what a horrible prompting, question. Prompting. Yeah, no, no, I tell you, I mean, I am not above the superficial stuff that delights and, and intrigues. And so mm. I would say that... Um, mm, I would say that the one of the best was actually um, an early event camp. An early event camp. Any anyone who knows about these event camps will understand what I'm talking about. But it was a group of uh, event planners that were working together to create new types of events and to try new things. And, and they stumbled upon each other through a hashtag. That's right, through right. event profs. Right, yeah. the power of hashtags. Yeah. Association chat had a more po pornographic sounding hashtag as a chat. We didn't have event camps, um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those. And I think there were the like campfires that were built. It was the first test of like it was like a test of a hybrid event where there were online and and in person uh, people there. Just a lot of creativity, ideas about serving food that would uh, uh, help people to sustain their strength and energy but it was like feeding with the idea of, of the brain and how the brain works yeah, yeah. as being a part of it and um, I always look back at that and I think it really functioned well to bring people together yeah. it functioned well to try new things everyone felt very excited to be there and be a part yeah. of it yeah. and I mean about 10 years later we got to test some of this stuff out in real life when because we had to because there was a <laughs> pandemic I was like, well, there are white papers written about this based off of some of these early event camps that were exactly. fabulous. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, actually, our previous podcast guest was Tahira Endin, just oh. before IMAX. <laughs> and we were talking about this very event camp uh, yeah. white paper that she wrote up around That's event camp right. Vancouver. Over 10 years before uh, it was needed. Yeah. And I remember this is where our, our paths crossed mm -hmm. the first uh, to Kiki. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, event camps were like this, this geek fest for people that were trying stuff 10, 12 years ago before, you know, after, after the financial crisis and you know rethinking you know what are these options maybe because of technology or because of the need to try different things and yeah, yeah it took 10 to 12 years for people to realize maybe that you need to have that skill set it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing beautiful thing and you know always the conversation at this point goes to we need to do this again we need to have more of these I mean, it was really fabulous to be a part of something like that. And I think um, a lot of the relationships that were built then have, have remained because yes. they they were successful. Those events were successful at bringing people together. And, and it was the early pioneers on on the social channels. Like, you know, when, when Twitter still had, uh, you know, a very limited character count in order yes. to, to, to craft your messages. I think it was 180 characters. 140. Like you, 140. 140. 140. 140. 
yeah, ass and chat and then, again. And my somebody, hashtag. And somebody <laughs> doubled it. You know, I was like, why? I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's like talking about value proposition for associations. Very difficult in 140 characters or less, and yet. And the yet, creativity yeah. of doing that is actually very powerful, right? Very, very much so. I mean, I think that when I look at what you're doing here, and I mean, aside from the fact that it's just really cool to see it all up and big and large, and I, I get to, it's kind of like an aha video where it's like, take on me and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm jumping into the, into the actual canvas itself. Yeah. Um, you know, looking around at it, there's so, people are just going so fast now, and even with our, our technology that we love and ChatGPT and all of this, let's go faster and faster and faster and faster. And what you're doing here is so beautiful because it forces people to slow down or go really fast, then slow down. I mean, it's it's forcing people to go through the process and it's gorgeous. And I think people fall in love with it if they just go through it once because they're like, thank you. No, really, thank you on a human level. Like, thank you for letting me go through this and slow down. So the theme of this IMAX is human nature. Mm -hmm. And the last two editions was nature. Now the word human was added. Sometimes, you know, simplifying things is the best way you can have it, but they were down to one word. And now they're back to two words. What does human nature mean to you, Devon? I think it's the opportunity to share the most vulnerable parts of ourselves and to go back to human-centric events. You know, mm -hmm. you talk about faster, stronger, brighter, more colorful, and more just ended up being more. Mm -hmm. And people felt overwhelmed. People mm -hmm. felt overstimulated. People felt like they couldn't go to all the things and left these conferences feeling drained instead of inspired and energized. Yeah. So this idea that we need to take a step back to people are, are not chat GPTs, they're not robots, they can't just endlessly absorb. We need to treat them like humans. So to have white papers on neuroscience, to think about brain food, like how can I make you run better, give you more energy, validate your experiences, then you leave feeling fundamentally changed, but also that I am a human, you validated me as a human, and you saw me as an individual, not one of a thousand yeah i mean i think for me like human nature it goes to curiosity right because that's one thing that ai doesn't ask it doesn't ask why you know or why are you asking that question you know and but we do as humans and what we get uh as a response because we ask because we're curious that's the strength and i think that you know thinking about human nature, that's probably one of the things that I think is, is really intriguing about it, that we, we are stronger when we cultivate our curiosity. Exactly. So here the ocean is looking at us. <laughs> Whenever I go underwater, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by human nature because there's so much other parts of nature that interact <laughs> in so many bizarre ways that we that's don't even true. understand, right? Yeah. And, I think our curiosity just for what the humans are doing is more than enough when 10,000 plus people get together here at IMAX during the next three days. Uh, just observing that, I'm sure Kiki is, is, a, is a treat. Or at least for me, it's always a treat to just observe behaviors as we're doing, as we're speaking, right? Because mm -hmm. we're looking out onto people that are walking past the stand, people that are coming in. Um, we each look in different directions. Um, Next to us, there is a bit of the ocean, and uh, <laughs> we're trying to submerge ourselves into it. 
Uh, yet, I think three days of this is also exhausting, right? So the noise levels at events, right, um, mm. can sometimes really distract you or cause you cause fatigue, right? So um, what do you think of having this little podcast bubble, audio bubble at the trade show where it feels like you're almost on a radio environment, but you still hear the buzz in the background? What does that do to you right now? Um, from a podcasting perspective, it makes me exceptionally nervous, like, you know, about yeah. the, the, the audio quality. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think that it, this is where we are. It adds also the sense of legitimacy because we've got that, that authentic sound in the background that mm -hmm. people are like, oh, they are. That is what it sounds like in the background of a conference. So hopefully, you know, um, hopefully it ends up working. But yeah, it, initially it's like... <gasps> You know, we're always trying to like clean up the audio, but um, but then you know it's like ah, but you know this is the experience, you know, and and uh, hopefully this will make people feel comfortable, and and if they can't be here or if they were here and didn't know that we were having this conversation, but are really interested in finding out what that conversation's about, exactly, they'll get a chance to hear it and be like ah yes, yeah. this did happen, this did happen, they didn't just say that it happened, it happened, I could tell. Yeah. 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 So thank you for taking this little bubble of moment with us. 21 <laughs> minutes that we've snapped you out of the hall nine to have this conversation. Uh, Devin, you, you, are, you, you have the upcoming first design sprint that's coming up. What's, what's the first one you're going to do? So we are going to do planners. And from the people who are attending's perspective, um, local audiences, uh, domestic audiences, international audiences, and get an idea of what would draw you mm -hmm. to a World Education Congress. And, what experiences would you expect and how do we empathize with planners of all types to ensure that their experiences are changeable and what questions can we continue to ask them that make them curious about design and make them curious about what experiences do I want? Mm -hmm. What would draw me to come across the pond to go to the World Education Congress? And by taking the time two times a day for the next three days to ask questions, I think we'll get some really interesting answers from this audience. I know. I said I'm coming back. I need to see uh, like how this stuff gets filled out. I need to, you well, know, be, be part of a sprint. I, I mean, should be. Right? I should join be. the sprint. Oh. I think the brain power that comes to the sprints, um, and also check the links on this podcast because you'll see links to the outcomes of this. It's a it's a very public design. You know, we do this on purpose out in the open mm -hmm. uh, because it's important for people to observe how it's done. Um, the reason why it's done is because only by listening to your audience and validating the thinking will you have a sense of direction because who knows what the world looks like in 2027, right? Mm -hmm. It's still a couple of years away and we see how dramatically things can change even in a short amount of time. Yeah. Yes, yes. On that bombshell, um, let's, uh, let's get back into the things here at IMAX. Thank you, Kiki L'Italian, for being on the show together with Devon Pasha. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you. Uh, our very first podcast from live from IMAX 2023 here in Frankfurt. Uh, it is the 23rd of May, 2023, for posterity. And maybe people might be listening to this 20 years from today and wondering, <laughs> what was that world like? Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. You've been hanging out backstage on Design to Change Designer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe and share conversations online using hashtag Design to Change and hashtag Event Campus.
Want more thought-provoking content like this? Visit designtochange.online to purchase your copy of Design to Change, elevating your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Don't forget, it's more than just a book. Experience a hard copy, audio format, video format, and even augmented reality. Experience it in your style and format. Tune into our next episodes and hear from more designers and change makers. Until then, we look forward to our next conversation. Conversation.